Hello, legends. Today, we have a special episode as I catch up with one of Cub's first members, Louisa Nicola, the CEO and founder of NeuroAthletics. NeuroAthletics is a consultancy firm that helps pro athletes, industry titans, and other high performers unlock their full potential by unlocking the power of the brain. Louisa shares her incredible story, leaving us at Cub, going to New York for a speaking gig, and how she went from that one speaking gig to creating one of the world's most respected high-performance neurology consultancy firms. Louisa shares with us how to prevent your brain from degenerating and keeping it thriving and performing at its best, even as you age. How Gary V helped her start her first podcast, which became a top 10 global podcast called The Neuro Experience, and what high performers do differently. Louisa is truly a global expert in unlocking the power of your brain, and it was so cool to catch up with her again today. Hope you enjoy the show. I have not seen you in a long time. It's been far too long. I can't believe it because I, I come back to Australia, Sydney, quite often, but I, 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 there's never enough time for me to be like, okay, let's go into Cub. <laughs> but what, when did – so you, you – I mean, you remember at the very start. Yeah. Like, like you were just asking me before we started the episode, do you guys still have those boat parties? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Those, like – old school cub boat parties before we were a real company we were basically just a group of people hanging <laughs> hanging out yeah. they 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 like people remember them yeah you know? oh. and you know what's funny as i was walking in here i saw your um the boardroom with the big cub sign and to be honest my very first workshop like my first cuz i do workshops now quite frequently almost like every two weeks uh, around uh, various states in the US and in sydney and my very first one was here no way. Yeah. So what happened was I was stuck. You know, you saw me at the birth, I think, of my career. And that was – did you open in 2016? Yeah. Well, at the very end of 2015. Okay. So I was a member early 2016. Very early. Yeah, yeah. Very new. Um, I had a friend and she said, I can get you into this exclusive club. It's like Soho House. I said, get me in. And it was just – it was amazing, not just because of the community aspect, but the people that I met here. I ended up, somebody did my website, then there was a lawyer here and I was like, yeah, set me up. I need, um, I've got, I need legal services. Like it was just, it was an amazing place. And and so you did your first workshop. My very first one. In in this boardroom. This, I mean, obviously this club is, is, is currently being redeveloped. Yeah. And that work, that logo isn't even our logo anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Changed. yeah. Anyway, if you need a place to do workshops in Sydney, go to the new CBD clubhouse. Yeah, I'm going to check that oh out. Oh, my God, the boardroom is stunning. Wow. And our HQ has a rooftop. So we've got a separate office for just the head office staff. It's got a rooftop with a big boardroom too. You could even use that if you wanted. Just do you have click a me pool text. though? No, we don't, but we will soon. <laughs> oh, what? No, I don't know. We're, we're developing this space so we can always put yeah. – actually in the plan there is a pool for this space. But um, but I don't know what we're going to do with it yet. It might be either like a, like a Soho House style members club or it might – I don't know. I might sell it. I, mm. I just – depends where we are at that time. But but anyway, you were part of Cub at the very start and then you went off, mm. you left us, you went to New York and you've come back a full like titan of industry. you got NBA players you're looking after, you're uh, uh, really a global thought leader on and, and high performance to do with neuroscience and all this stuff. I don't even know what neuroscience is. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I want to hear what – you almost vanished yeah. because you went you just went bang you went to New York. Yeah, I did. What's the story? I had this strong desire back in 2016. I I always knew what the mission was 
for neuroathletics, and which is my company now. So you can think of it as the intersection of hype of athletic performance and neurology. So back then I had this vision and I was looking at athletes. So I was an athlete. I was an Australian triathlete. So I raced for Australia. I went to the World Championship Series three times. So I understood what high performance was from an athletic perspective. I knew what it took to perform at your peak. Then I was thinking, well, okay, so where are these athletes now? I was looking at soccer players. You know, I was looking at these socceroos. I was looking at AFL players, rugby league players, and I was trying to understand how do they perform at their peak? And back then you look at what they were doing. They were strength training. They were doing their physical workouts. They were not, there was nobody really understanding or taking care of their brain. And I had this thought back then. I thought, well, imagine if someone was looking after their brain, training their brain, then they could perform exponentially better. And when I used to put this out there, nobody really cared about what I was saying. They were like the brain no, we don't really care about that. Fast forward, what are we like, you know, five, six, seven years on, people are now understanding that the brain is the powerhouse of the entire body. It controls everything from what we do to how we act to our thoughts to everything that we are today is a result of how well your brain is performing. So So, at the start of your career, people were focusing more on just train really hard, work the body, work the body, and there wasn't wasn't much focus on the brain. Yeah, and just try and stay injury-free. And then – you know, people started to understand, oh, this thing called concussions exist and concussions are bad. They're leading to all sorts of diseases. So that was kind of the, you know, breaking point where people starting to understand, hey, listen, maybe we shouldn't be banging our heads together in um, in a rugby league match or an NFL match. So everything was going well in Australia, but I was struggling. It was hard. It was 2016. I was, I was also connecting with business owners because I treat everybody as if they're an athlete. I have this, I have this theory that it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a CEO, you need to be performing at your peak, right? If you are, you know, Daniel, you've got how many staff members have you got? Just under thirty. Just under thirty. Let's just say you've gone a year, or let's, actually, let's say a week of complete sleep deprivation. You're not sleeping well. You're not eating well. You're not feeling too good. It's going to show up in how you lead. And so I figured this out in 2016. So I started connecting with businesses around Australia and I started selling this concept of let me just train your your salespeople on how to perform better. I'm not going to teach them sales. I'm just going to teach them how they can have a how they can have a performance routine, morning routine, afternoon routine, teach them about sleep, teach them about their brain. Maybe they can input these protocols and it can come out and this can end up equaling better revenue. And I did. And it happened. And then the reason why I ended up in um, New York is because Red Bull at the time had this huge conference on and the head of performance of Red Bull, he was, he's Australian. He was, he's not there anymore. And Red Bull at the time was huge. They had the best athletes in the world and they had the most money to spend on science. And they invited me over to Malibu to give a talk for two days. I'd never been to America. So I flew over to LA, went to Malibu And I saw the world's best athletes, Formula One athletes. They had every high-performing athlete there. And I gave a a talk for two days and these athletes came up to me and said, listen, can I book you for a consulting gig? I'm like, I'm only here for a week. So I said, sure, you can. So there was a very – there was the number one motocross driver at the time. 2016 when Instagram wasn't a big thing, he had a million followers. So – Back then, to have a million followers in 2016, that was that was huge, right? So I did a session with him and then he's like, 
can I book you again? So I saw him the following day and something sparked within him. He just loved what I did. He ended up posting me on Instagram. I went from having like 300 or 400 followers on Instagram. I went to 12,000 in a day. And I thought, this is great. Somebody in New York picked me up. It was a, a famous boxer. And he said, listen, can you come to my boxing studio in New York and give a talk to all of the boxers? And I said, I'm scared. I said, okay, I flew to New York. And then all of the boxers put me up on Instagram. Again, I went from 12,000 to 23,000. So this is, you know, I was freaking. I'd never been to New York, didn't know how to catch a yellow cat, didn't know what New York was. And New York's a scary place if you've never for been there. For someone who doesn't know what they're doing, I had no idea where I, one day I freaked out. And so like somebody had to come and help me. So when I get, so so much was happening on social media at the time. And I was at this, um, I was at the Ludlow Hotel. I don't know if you've ever been to New York, but it's right on Ludlow Street. It's called Mr. Purple. And I just, I stayed there for like a month because I couldn't leave because people kept booking me out. So I became known as the Australian brain coach. Like, who is this girl? And out of nowhere, one thing led to another. I got an NBA player. And it's so funny because the hotel contacted me because they just saw all these guys. By the way, 100% of my clients are men. Not sure why. Maybe I'm scaring ladies. But um, so the hotel were like, listen, we're seeing all these men come in and we're seeing that they're giving you money cash because I was charging them, right? I didn't know what to charge them. I'm like, I'll just charge everyone $250 now. So these guys <laughs> are coming in. So I'm sitting down. They're watching the cash just roll in, right? And there'd be times where I'd have to maybe take them back to my room and do like a test with them because I couldn't. So they're thinking like, okay, what's this girl up to? This is not how we roll at this. So I had to tell them, I'm, you know, this is what's I'm the Australian happening. brain coach. Yeah. So that's where it started. And I didn't come back to Australia for three months. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, I, for this whole time, I never knew what happened. Yeah. So I, I was still a member here, but everything got put on hold. I even had like, I, I had like business here. I had fam people are like, are you okay? Like what happened? My, my parents, like she's met someone, she's not coming home. So it was that. So I came home and then packed my stuff and went back. Good on you. That, is, that would have been, yeah, a lot of people, and it sounds crazy, but a lot of people wouldn't have just dove in like you did. Like, first of all, a lot of people would be, oh, I'm too scared to speak in front of people in the first place for that first conference, you know. Yeah. And then a lot of people would be like, oh, New York's a scary place. You know, I'm just a woman by myself and it's the biggest city on earth. And, and I, I mean, I've been to New York. I've spent many years in New York and like even just driving up to New York. And, mm. you know, when you drive from the airport, and you just see the towers running. Yeah. It's like you're driving up to King Kong's. Like you, yeah. you feel intimidated. You're like, wow, there's some, some big motherfuckers in that city. Like oh, there that's, is. That's that's a scary looking. Like even and then you stayed there. You worked yourself out. Like it's just courage. You know, it oh. just it shows when you take a step forwards, the next step becomes possible. It is the hardest city in the world. Like I had to come back, so I sold my car, and I sold it for twelve thousand dollars. It was a Toyota Rav Four. Uh, lo I, I love the Rev4, yeah. the Rev Ferrari. Yeah, so I ended up selling that, and I used that twelve thousand to make it. In in the, like, and that let me tell you, you can burn through that within a week. It, so it was so hard. I um, it was really hard starting off, and the apartment that I was in was like in a dungeon, you know, the size of my face. It was, it wasn't easy. So it's taken it's taken a long time to get to where I am. And so, tell me about the business now. 
Yeah. So Neuro Athletics. So we've got 10 full-time staff members. So we're a consulting company. We've got two wings. We've got the athlete wing, I call it. That's the right wing where I personally take care of 20 of the world's best athletes. We've got major league baseball players. We've got um, NBA players and we've got major league soccer players. I don't work with NFL players anymore. I did, but it turns out that I am extremely against what's happening in the NFL, which I'm very um, open about. I don't agree with the concussion protocol. I don't agree with getting your head smashed in in every game. I don't agree with a game that is actually leading you into neurodegenerative diseases, which are things such as dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So, And so you don't work with the, the NFL anymore? No, because there's no – I don't think it's a safe sport, so I don't want to go against what I what I truly believe in. So I don't work in that. So I'm mainly in these three sports. So that's the athlete side. Then we've got um, the Wall Street or financial side. So it just so happened that when I was giving a talk one year, I think this was 2018 in New York, I had a guy come up to me and said, look, do you work with portfolio managers? I said, yes. And he said, well, I'm one. I said, I said, well, I work with anyone who has a brain, really, and that can afford me. And he's like, well, listen, he's like, I'm earning $30 million a year. I said, you can afford me. (laughs) I said, well, where's the credit card? I said, let's just swipe it right now. And it turns out like I got my first thirst of Wall Street. So I ended up going in. I went into a big organization, which I won't mention the name, but it's built off a TV show called Billions. And there was like a thousand staff members. So I went into there and they ended up hiring me. They said, listen, can you just get out? day traders and our managers performing better. I said, yep. So I was just regularly going in there and doing performance coaching. Wow. Yeah. And and what's that environment like? I mean, Oof. yeah, because it, it, that's a really like, I've never experienced that world before. I imagine that would be a really like testosterone field. Yeah. Like that'd be worse than the, the sports world. That's like, oh yeah, that's the world of greed. It is. <laughs> yeah. And so what happens is, so the market opens, you've got 8am till 4pm and they are there, they are hungry. The market ding, ding, ding opens, they're trading. And what's happening on the floor is on the trading floor, they've got, just say there's a thousand staff members, they've got them lined up on a, on the screen and you can see who's coming first. So, it's, so it gives them a lot of anxiety because if they're coming down, they're like number 700, they're like typing away and they're making trains, but they're also trying to beat the, the leaderboard every single day. And then the bell goes at four and they're done. So I've got guys who are making $30 million a year. And then you've got people who are like making $5 million a year. So this is all on Wall Street. And it is, it is very much like the movies. Like I have one client who drives me insane. Like sometimes he'll just charter a jet and he'll be like, let's go to Barbados for our meeting. And I'm like, I can't do that, but it ends up happening. Cause they're like, listen, I'll just pay you double. So we end up in Barbados or we'll end up in somewhere and they're just crazy like that. Right. But they are there to just be better. They want to do, and that's the difference in mentality from Australia to America. America has 220 million people and if you suck at your job, you will get fired and somebody else younger and cheaper will come in and more hungrier than you. So you have to be on top of your game, which is why our services win there. So that's the other side. So we've got the corporate side where I will coach personally these Wall Street guys, financial services guys. We also have uh, uh, like workshops that we do. We have um, products that we sell them in terms of services. And then our signature program is a two-day neuroathletics coaching certificate. I'm actually doing one for the very first time here in Sydney on the 1st and 2nd of April. And 
And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, they can just go to cub.club forward slash podcast and you'll find details there if you want to get involved in that program. Yeah, it's and this is the reason why we did this is because I had so many coaches reaching out to me saying, you've got some of the best athletes in the world. They're, you know, they're promoting you. They're tweeting about you. What are you doing with them? I said, well, I can't give you my IP. So I packaged up the IP and put it in a two-day training course. How good is that? Yeah, so we went from... We've got 300 people in America that we've trained now. We call them neuroathletics coaches and we're going to hit probably a thousand by the end of the year. You should start selling them licenses to use your, to use your thing so they can pay you every month. Yeah, let's, well, we're going to get there. That's the, that's the idea eventually. Yeah, good. That, 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 that's one thing at that, a time. That's that, like, like what Tony Robbins does. You know, I've got to buy the Tony Robbins license. I can then be an official Tony Robbins, whatever they're called. And then I can, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like cup. You just got you know, 300, franchise. Less, yeah, not yeah. franchise, but like you got X number of clients who pay you X amount per month. And obviously we're up front, but it's a similar concept. Yeah. Well, that's it. You get, you can either come for the two days and pay a certain fee, or if you pay for the VIP package, it gives you access to our neuroathletics Academy, which is me coaching all these coaches every month. Wow. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Good on you. This is amazing. It's so, just so cool to hear. What a story. But it's, um, but yeah, look, I started off as a high school teacher. <laughs> that's different <laughs> very different and um I started teaching at Waverly Boys but what made you what made you go in the first place in, in into teaching uh it was my parents and my grandmother I'm Greek I'm Cypriot so um it was always what is Louisa going to do so she can get married and have kids <laughs> and and, the, and boy have I just gone in the other direction um the so uh the idea around that was my parents said listen you should be a teacher because you're going to have good holidays, which means you can spend time with your kids. And I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. So I sped through my four-year degree and I ended up being a high school teacher by the age of 21, teaching you 12 boys in an all-boys school. And that was a wild ride to Waverly Boys. Um, so I taught mathematics and I taught that for, uh, I was, oh, I, mean, I taught that for a long time, two, three years. And then I ended up doing a master's of mathematics so, which was good. And it was during my master's that I understood more about the brain because my thesis was around how does the brain work in terms of like coming up with mathematical algorithms. And then I applied for um, medicine and got in, understood what the brain is, understood what medicine was, understood the human body and just thought, you know what, I need to start coaching people and telling them how they can perform better because now I understand what the brain is from a pathological perspective. I understand the science. I know how to research and I'm just going to go full ball with this. You're a smart cookie. <laughs> I mean. That's some serious brain power you, you've got like. And and I, I think really what's amazing is it's obviously a gift of yours. It's you're incredibly intelligent and you've now created a business basically sharing your intelligence. Yeah. Like that's, that's, you know, that's what you do is your business. You're training people, you're training, you're, you're coaching people. Mm. You, 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 you're, you're, you've really, you found your gift Yeah, and you've turned that into your, it's also your passion. It's my passion, but I'll tell you something else. So when I first moved to America, it was in that first three months that I was there in New York, um, Gary V was quite big. He was just popping off. Gary V was huge and I knew him and I what thought, year was that? Like 2016. Yeah. I thought Gary Vee's like, he was super famous. I thought I just randomly one day I looked up his office. I thought, what if I just go there? You know, what's the worst that could happen? 
I walked there in the scorching heat. It was like 40-something degrees in New York and it was 10 kilometres and I walked there because I didn't know where I was and I got there and I've like almost collapsed. And I said, I'm here to see Gary Vee and there was like six security guys who were like, yeah, you're not going to see him. And so I'd just given up. So I sat out the front and the security guard felt sorry for me. He goes, where have you come from? I said, I've come all the way from Australia. I've literally walked 10 kilometres to see Gary Vee. He's like, I don't – he goes, listen, just keep waiting here. He might come out. I thought, okay. Gary V came out and I grabbed him and he's, I said, listen, I've come from Australia and they put, he had his cameraman and the cameraman put me on the YouTube and Gary was just so amazed. He's like, come up to my office. So I went up and he interviewed me for the podcast back then. So I got on his YouTube and he said, listen, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go home to your hotel room. I need you to start a podcast. I said, what's a podcast? This was 2016. He said, just get your phone out and record yourself and say anything. And then I want you to submit it to Apple Podcasts. 2016, I said, why? He said, that's going to be the way that you're going to meet people and network in America. He said, and then I want you to interview all of your elite athletes. I said, what does that mean? He just left me with that. And he's like, when you've done that, come back to my office. So I went home to... Uh, I went home to my hotel room, hotel. I got my phone out. I was sitting on the side of the bed and I had my phone up here and I recorded myself. I submitted it to Apple podcasts. Then I did three or four interviews with like, you know, these famous NBA players and they're like, wait, what is an interview? And I put it up and it ended up hitting like a top 10 global podcast because nobody was doing that back then. I went back to Gary V. I said, this is what I've done. And he's like, you're amazing. He goes, you're going to make it here. Just kept doing Is that it. how your podcast started? That's how I started the podcast. Was it called – what's it called now? And it's the Neuro Experience. The Neuro, is it still called that? Uh, was it called that at the start, sorry? No, I'm not going to tell you what it was called at the start. <laughs> no, <laughs> the yeah. very first episode. <laughs> the, it was actually called The Diamond Project Show. Don't ask what? me. I don't I, – listen, I don't know. It was <laughs> – yeah, it shouldn't have been called that, but it's still up there. <laughs> Hi, this is the Diamond Project show with Louisa Nicola. That's amazing. But I said I'm going to share yeah. um, tips on neuroscience and how to perform better. You know, it's crazy. I remember that Gary V thing because I was sitting. That was just that wasn't long after you left. I don't think because I was sitting in this. For the listeners, we're in the old Potts Point Clubhouse because this is where our podcast studio is. But but I was sitting in the the entertainment lounge. With Paul Walton and Paul oh, Walton, yes. it was like, oh, did you see Louisa on? Oh, she was with Gary Vee. She was on Gary Vee, and I was like, oh my god, that's crazy! <laughs> I still remember that. Yeah, well, he's the one that told me to start my podcast, and I'm so happy that I did that because the podcast has led into everything that I am today. It's the reason that I'm still over there. Wow! Why? Yeah. To, ex to explain that more. So, when you have a podcast, it gives you an opportunity to connect with people. And because I did it at a time where no one was doing podcasts, it was a big thing. So everyone said yes to me. So I had the world's best athletes. This is back before PR agents were coming in and, and lawyers. So I had the best – I started to interview the best business people, the best scientists, the best people in medicine. And now all these people, I had them in my Rolodex. So then they all started following me. So then as I kept growing, when you go to somebody's profile, you see – who's following them and people are like Louisa must be something like so, so many people are following her. So then it just kept growing and it, these people on my podcast, my, uh, the people I had then became friends and they were willing to do anything for me. So I'd be able to say, Hey, you know, I had Paul Rodriguez. He's the, um, he's one of the best skateboarders 
you know, back then he was number one and now he's he's in movies now. You know, he wanted to be an actor so he's, and he just always reaches. I said to him, hey, Paul, I'm in L.A. for the week. Like, what's up? What's happening? And so, yeah. And, <laughs> it, I mean, it really does show a few things. A, the power of, you know, just taking that next step. But B, it's the, the importance of social proof and having in the right people around you, having yeah. community. Like, yeah. really, you've you were this incredibly intelligent, ambitious person. And then it's almost like that was the kindling. And then the fuel was just having the right people to, to, to help you become this, this, this beautiful fire that you are now. Like Mm. it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's, and every story that you're saying, because really you've been saying a lot of stories, they're all just you not quitting. Like it's always you taking a shot, like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to walk to Gary V's office yeah. for 10, you know, 10 Ks in 40 degree heat. Or, yeah. you know, it's it's really like there's just such a pattern of consistency from you in in showing up and, and, and just moving forwards. Yeah. That plus you're just naturally who you are as a person, it's just led you to this just amazing career now. Well, I think I'm just getting started. We're well, very I agree. at the uh, we're at the extreme early stages. Um, yeah, the just staying on the podcast, right? It you should know when you did you start this podcast? We started it just before, oh, as soon as COVID hit because we wanted to do something that would we were doing a lot to support members and Cub did really well through COVID, but we wanted to try to position ourselves as like the voice for for business during COVID, like a a positive voice, like a supporting voice. And so we started the podcast and we started interviewing members because we wanted to bring value to people who weren't members or couldn't afford membership or who were too far for membership or whatever. So that was 2020, early Mm -hmm. 2020. And um, and we've just been consistent with it. Mm. And we have very good guests, obviously. And the conversation is really casual because they're normally people I know somewhat. And so it just grew really, really consistently it wasn't like a huge spike straight away just just kept growing yeah and then and now it's get it gets more and more and more and now it's just basically a rolodex of of cub people so like anyone any i mean we don't sell sponsorship we're actually looking at it now and i don't know how i feel about it but 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 we've never wanted to do the sponsors and all that type of stuff um because that wasn't the purpose to make money but it's become this incredible social social proof for the club because anyone that's thinking about Cub or looking at Cub, they could literally just look at the podcast, see who there is, listen to their episodes and be like, wow, this place actually has amazing people. Yeah. So it it ended up being a powerful tool for us. Well, I started it just to network, right? And you would know it it takes – it's hard. It takes tenacity because you have to keep doing it. And, I and was hours. It, it takes, takes time. Hours. Like I was rendering everything myself. I was in hotel rooms and I had to buy, I've got this exact same road gear set up. And then I had to buy that and I had to turn my entire place into a podcast studio. And then things would happen. Like I'd upload it and then, and then sometimes it would just go quiet. So, and people would message me saying, Hey Louise, I was listening to your podcast, but at the 12 minute mark, it just cuts off for like, and it was, I'm like, so I toilet went, break. <laughs> yeah. I went through everything. We've got like, I think only like 300 episodes now, but it's. That's a lot of episodes though. Well, yeah, how many do you release? For, how many? Oh, you've been doing, been doing it, for, it for so long. It's one a week. Uh, but the reason why I'm talking about this is because if you don't give up, 
something happens eventually, right? It's just like if if you're running a marathon and you don't give up, it doesn't matter how long it takes you, you'll get to the finish line, right? It doesn't matter if you have to walk it, that 40 kilometres, you'll get there eventually, right? So I just kept going and there's so many times where I wanted to give up. And then I had my first sponsorship um, and it was by Eight Sleep. They're a smart mattress technology company. They've been my biggest sponsor. I've been with them since 2019. We're still together. And we are, yeah, it's pretty much like a marriage. I'm like, I can't go anywhere because I've promoted you guys so much and I love the product. So I'm still with them now. But it was I, my very first month they rung me. They're like, listen, we want to keep going with you because I just signed a month with them. I sold 300 beds at a cost of per bed is like $2,500 to purchase one of their beds. And they told me I sold 300 units. I said, wait, what? I said, this is unheard of. So then I understood how, like, I have a community that cares about what I say. And I love that everyone was buying it because I honestly think everyone should be, I've got my parents sleeping on one. I truly believe in the product. I said, I'm making this much money for you guys. I said, you need to like, I, you guys are paying, you're going to pay me. Like I need like 20% per per bed that I sell. So I've been with them now for that long. So then I thought, wow, imagine if I could do this with another brand that I really believe in. And so I started doing sponsorships for the ad. So then that money then paid for podcast studio. And then I kept getting more sponsors. So then, so I was just breaking even, right? So then that money then would pay for a production team. So now I've got a production team with six people. I've got a podcast studio in Manhattan. And then it's like, okay, now, and I just keep going and going. So the podcast now pays for itself and I don't make money off it. It's just, now it's just a, a well-performing podcast. But by the end of May this year, we will hit 1 million per month. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's a very that is podcast. a fat it's a podcast. Yeah, it's a monster. Yeah, that's that's hard to do. Um, that's yeah. hard to do. And so we've got many distribution channels now. We've got um, I've got somebody now taking care of sponsorships because I don't have as it's just way out of my ball game. I don't have time for that. And now it's gotten to a point where I just walk in, I sit down, and I interview my guests. I get to. I, it's my podcast. It's complete. I own the rights to everything. I choose the guests. I even write. I don't get anyone to I, – I, I know who I'm interviewing. But, yeah, I just come sit down and I can just walk out. What's your process for the podcast? Like you, obviously you've done our prep sheet. Do you have yeah. like a prep sheet or – I don't even know why we did a prep sheet. We just invented that. was that. an intense prep sheet. Like yeah, Laura kept messaging me. She's like, listen, you've missed like three or four <laughs> I'm like – Because yeah. they're important. Like it, it helps – I think like it, it definitely helps – guide the conversation. Like you don't follow the prep sheet, but you know the things to bring yeah. up. You know what the person wants to talk about. Like what's your process? Do your guests come in prepared in any way or are you prepared? So I know my guests. Okay. I make sure I've vetted them. I interview, let's, I interview scientists and doctors and I'm trying to get to the bottom of one thing. And that is, yes, I provide insights into brain health. I give people tips and protocols on the best stat, the best strategies in line with science to have a better performing brain. We talk about sleep very often. We talk about nutrition and we talk about exercise. So these three things, I'm always talking about that. But then I'm also trying to get to the bottom of Alzheimer's disease. So Alzheimer's disease, it's a neurodegenerative disease. It affects 50 million people worldwide. And that number is going to triple by the year 2050. I'm currently publishing. Um, so I write alongside um, this incredible, incredibly, incredibly um, smart. Uh, he's a neonatal neurosurgeon. So he actually performs neurosurgery on babies who are still in the 
in the in the womb and it's he's just it's unbelievable like to do that it's just unbelievable and he had a position open he's at the university of washington and he's been on the biggest podcasts and he told me he's like listen i want to take you on board and we're going to publish together so i'm now currently researching and publishing the effects of exercise on alzheimer's disease so i have a very i have a very big love for this disease i haven't had anybody close to me diagnosed with it but there is something about it that really makes me mad. So because you know it's preventable. It's 95% of the current um like people who have got Alzheimer's disease 95% of them are preventable. And so tell me I mean we've been your story is incredible but I really think we need to like like I want to hear more about the neuroscience yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's talk about you it. You know and and high performance. What well, what how do you when you take someone on let's say you take one of these Wall Street uh, guys just to make it I guess very similar to entrepreneurship and business, How, what do you actually, what do you teach them? What do you yeah. actually take them through in order to help them perform? So our winning, this is where um, I think that the the thing that separates us is I learned when I was studying medicine, I learned how to perform EEGs. So um, an EEG, electroencephalogram, you would use if you were going in for epilepsy into a hospital, you'd put this cap on your head and there's all these leads coming out of it. And so that's what I was doing. So I was working in neurology and a neurology department. I was just doing like so many different brain scans. And I said to my, um, my attending, my superior, I said to him, I said, well, hey, doc, like if we're doing all these brain scans to pick up on Alzheimer's disease and to pick up on epilepsy, I said, so what are we doing? He goes, you're assessing the brain waves. I said, well, I said, doesn't, doesn't you know, normal brains have brain waves? He goes, yes. Yeah. I, so, I said, what if I just started testing normal subjects? And he said, well, you'd just pick up on areas of dysfunction and I'm like, oh, my God. I said, so I need this tool. I need a hospital-grade EEG. And so I have one. And so that's what we do on our athletes now, which is our selling point because no one in the world can do that unless you go into an actual hospital and get it done. And so what does that tell you? So you put the, the helmet on their head and the you helmet, do the yeah, EEG? You put a cap on their head. <laughs> yeah, the so cap. if I put to do it with you, there's 32 leads that come out of it. I'd get you to do a 25-minute test, which consists of a memory test and a reaction test. So you're reacting to things. And then we get you to close your eyes and open them. So I can assess how well your brain is functioning. So then I can say to you, hey, Daniel, there's some areas of dysfunction in the frontal lobe. So your brain, so we have a nervous system. Everyone has a nervous system. It's comprised of the central nervous system, which is the brain and spinal cord. That's the hardware. Then we've got the peripheral nervous system. The peripheral nervous system is all of the nerves that come off of our spinal cord and go into all of our organs. And that's what controls us. You know, whether we get stressed during the day, we're activating the sympathetic nervous system and whether we are calm or we're activating the parasympathetic nervous system. So at any given time, you or I, everybody is trying to balance these out like a seesaw. That's why we're not, if we're really stressed and hyperventilating, we're trying to come back down to baseline. So if I assess your brain and you've got, we've got four areas, four lobes. I've got the frontal lobe, which sits here. This is the CEO of the brain. This is what controls your everything, all of your cognitive processes. So the way you decide, the way you think, the way you process information, it's all dependent on your frontal lobe. So if I pick up on areas of dysfunction, I can say, hey, listen, you've you know, maybe you're working at around 50% of your capacity. <laughs> your CEO, yeah. he's, he's ruined. You've yeah, got to fix, the CEO you, of fix your brain, brain CEO. <laughs> but I can, I can do that. And it comes up with a pointing system. So we get a, a, we get a 30-page report. And I can say, listen, 
your processing speed. So your brain process, we have a, around 87 billion neurons. That is a brain cell, 87 billion. At the age of 30, they start to deteriorate and they start to die off and atrophy. It's just part of the aging process, but you can slow that down. So you just imagine, well, a 30 year old, okay, if they start to lose brain cells just because we're at that age, what if we could preserve them? And we can, and I can pick up on, because more brain cells equals better more brain. everything, right? <laughs> yeah. But if you start to kill them off, you get areas of dysfunction. So how do you preserve them? Well, okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> how do you preserve them? But I just want to say that that's what we do. So we'd bring an athlete in and I'll assess, assess his brain. I'll even assess how well his eyes are functioning. So I can say, I can, like what we do with a lot of our baseball players, because they have some of the highest visual acuity in terms of any other sport, we'll be able to assess their visual acuity and say, well, we can get that better. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to be in New York in October and November. Can oh, I do this brain yeah. scan? That's actually the best time to come, by the way, October. Why is that? It's just freezing every other time. Oh, in New York-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but, but can I do that brain scan? You can do that brain scan. I'd love to do that. Yeah. So we do that and then obviously from there we also do blood work. So we get them to do over a hundred different biomarkers. So you'd go and get a regular blood test from your GP here, right? Yeah. I'm another thing I'm against in terms of Australia and the Australian government, Australian policy as it relates to getting your monthly or yearly physical, they're not including the types of blood work that are used for preventable things, such as LP little a, it's a lipoprotein. They're not testing for that. You have to you have to hound them, you have to push them. So we're doing that with all of our guys. And we're also doing DNA tests. So I'm looking at all of their DNAs and I'm picking up on predispositions of diseases of there's like through your DNA, you can see if you've got like the genes responsible for maybe getting an injury. Like that's how concise we're doing. So let's now answer your question. How can you preserve your brain cells? It's pretty simple, really. A, don't drink, Daniel. I'm absolutely... <laughs> absolutely ruined then that's yeah. the only thing I do bad I don't drink often yeah and I normally like I mean I reckon there's a lot of people out there that are like me like I work I'm doing I do at least 11 hour days Laura too so you this is why you like, need neuroathletics minimum 11 yeah. hours we do and working and that means and that's normally like we're zoned in 11 mm. hours like we don't even have lunch like not even Laura has yeah <laughs> So anyone that's thinking about a job at Cub <laughs> or I hope, Boa. I hope there's no lawyers um, <laughs> <laughs> listening to nah, this. But, but we do it because we love it. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, they don't, no, it, when you're at a company, you don't have to be at that company. You mm. choose to be at that company. Oh, I agree. You know, and if I always thought like, and I know this is a bit off topic, but, but I always think that if someone's choosing to, like, the people that choose to want to, to build something amazing, I don't care who, I, I don't care who you are. You, if you don't put in serious time, hours, focus and effort, you're not building anything amazing. Mm. So if you're someone who does want that and you see other people in a, in a community saying, wow, look at them, they're committed to achieving something great. I want to be part of that. Yeah. I, I think that's a choice. And so when you've got a culture that, you know, of, of hard work, it doesn't mean burnout. Yeah. You know, people can manage their, manage themselves as needed. If they need a day off, they need a day off, whatever it is, who cares? But, but when you show outsiders this is what we're doing, you'll attract people that want to do that anyway. I completely you know, agree. That's, that's, that's the thing. Anyway, but we should get back to it. So yeah. So protecting my brain from yeah. alcohol. Alcohol is – there is no reason to have it 
there is no amount of alcohol that is good for the brain. Therefore, zero amount of alcohol is good for the brain. People think that I just have one or two, but actually when you look at the scientific studies that are done on it's clinical data done on humans, it shows that moderate amounts of drinking, which is classified as seven drinks for a female per week, 14 drinks for a male per week, it ruins your brain. It actually results in neuronal loss. So you're killing brain cells. So, so yeah, but does that get – so I was just to, to my point before. There's probably a lot of people like me that that they don't drink off – like, for example, I won't, I won't touch one sip of alcohol all week at all. And probably in rarely on Saturday and Sunday because because perhaps because we're working hard and we're operating at a high high pace. If I have one sip of alcohol, I mean I mean like half a glass of wine, for example, I know it the next day. Oh, I can yeah. feel it because I'm I'm not I'm not doing as well. I, even I slept shitter. I I can't. I woke up worse. My brain's not focusing. Well. Like I know it, so I won't drink at all. And then Friday comes, and if I need to. I consume my 14 exactly. uh, in, 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 in the first hour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. That's a joke. No, but, but that's, that's you know what, what it is. It, yeah. it, it doesn't matter if it's spanned over a week or in, or in like, one hit. Yeah. And some girls can down seven drinks in seven standard drinks in one day. Oh yeah. And if not, most people are doing it from Friday till Sunday. They're going out Friday night. They're going out Saturday night. So there's just like, that's just three drinks. So you don't time. drink. I don't drink. No. I mean, I had a glass of wine because um, I met with my best friend three days ago. We went to the heart, we went to a really nice restaurant, but it will. I would average average one drink a month. Wow. Yeah. Now this is because not because oh alcohol's bad for not because of that. Scared me. And not just because of that. I don't. I can't afford to have any dips in my performance. I just can't, not right now with the, um, with where I'm going, I've got like so many projections. And then if I'm off my game, I've got staff members that are going to look at me and they're going out promoting these things. And they're like, oh, but our boss drinks. drinks. Yeah. You can't, it's what you sell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Don't drink. Um, evidently get rid of the the drugs if you're taking it, but here's something else that's um, really predominant. Drugs must be worse. Yeah. They can't be better. No, they're, not, they're, yeah. they're equally <laughs> as bad. But here's the thing in New York and America, I should say, a lot of people are having THC, which is marijuana, equally as bad. Is it really? Yeah, it's it's tragic. I've and never been one for marijuana but but uh, or really anything. But but the alcohol thing, I've always said, um, I actually said to, to my fiancé, um, not too long ago, I was like, I actually can imagine myself in the near future having no alcohol mm. for an extended period of time, like not for the rest of my life. But I can feel the point coming where it becomes not enjoyable because even when you have a drink or you have whatever, if it's one or 20, it just affects you so much during oh, yeah. the week that you regret doing it and you get to – and so I actually think that point where you're at where you've kind of said, well, I'm or I'm almost devoting my entire life to the achievement of my ambition, mm-hmm. and and uh, whether or not that's you know whether or not the brain being my specialty or, or not is is the business. You're committed to to giving yourself that best shot, and to do the best to give yourself the best shot, you really do need to cut out alcohol. And by yeah. doing that, also you're cutting out all the useless socialising, you know, and you, you'll, you'll end up just seeing the people that you're comfortable to be around so over <laughs> your yeah. family and your closest friends and yeah. you're not going to random dinners and, you know, it, it, you really, your life does become about work. Yeah. And then also 
I've noticed that people don't like when you don't drink. It's like if we're going out and I, I'm more than happy to meet up with my friends, but they're like, well, we'll get a bottle of wine. I'll say, no, I'm not drinking. They'll be like, wait, yes, you are. Like they, they push it on you. So then you try, then you separate yourself stop, from, you, yeah, yeah. So stop I, seeing him. I stopped at, and that's how ruthless I've become. I've just, I've given up on, actually it's, it's quite sad, but, um, you know, I've gotten to a point where it's just, especially for business and you would know this people who just drain you and I, I just don't have time anymore. I need that energy for my staff who also sometimes, you know, drain me at different hours of the day. They so take I'm energy. Like, they take energy. Yeah, teams so I take need energy. That. Yeah, I need that for them because I also have to have a life, you know, at you know 6 p.m. onwards. I, it's not just about me and my business. I also have to have a life. So you have to make that sacrifice. So back to the brain, no drinking, no smoking, and that goes for cigarettes. Then we move on to the three domains. We've got – So I was going to say, what about vapes? Completely no. It's the worst thing yeah, ever, isn't no, it? I agree. Yeah. Don't – do that. Don't. I, Why? Yeah, do, Why? It's like sucking on a USB, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, okay, so we move away from that and we've got the three domains. You've got sleep, you've got exercise, and you've got nutrition. Let's start with sleep. Sleep is the most underrated high-performance tool that you have. If you are not using it, if you are not performing well at sleep, if you are not prioritizing sleep, you are doing 30% less of what you're capable of. So imagine if you're bringing in – I don't know, $10 million a year and I could say to you, let's just perfect your sleep. That's only one domain. You could probably do exponentially better, more money, more revenue, better relationships, better health. You look better. You're actually a lot more better looking when you sleep, if that's helping anybody and you age a lot slower. So sleep, prioritizing sleep. And you can do that in many ways. You can do that by getting to sleep at the regular time every night. So at NeuroAthletics, 10 p.m. is lights out. You have to be asleep at 10 p.m. and then hopefully you get up at 6 a.m. So that's a, a real nice. What do you mean at Neuroathletics? So your team or so my do team, you guys have like a. All of my clients, all of our clients, we tell them 6 p.m. is bedtime. 6 p.m. Sorry, uh, 10, 10 p.m. is 10 bedtime. PM. Yeah. yeah. And and wake up 6 a.m. Yeah. Okay. So you are, so you're saying eight hours is. Yeah. Is, is what you should be going for. Yeah, depending on if you're a huge – if you're a LeBron, you may need 12 hours. Okay. Yeah, which is what he's notoriously known for getting. Really? you got to think the guy is huge, A, he's a unit. B, <laughs> he's getting older so he's not 25. And C, he's exerting so much energy throughout the day and you regenerate your muscles. You actually get stronger during deep sleep. It's one of the phases and stages of sleep. So you've got light sleep. You've got falling asleep, which is stage one. Then you've got light sleep, which is stage two. Stage three is deep sleep. That's the most one of the most important stages. You get the release of testosterone, estrogen, growth hormone, and then you move into stage four, which is REM sleep. So you need those stages. But what happens is if you drink, drinking, so ethanol, which is the active ingredient in alcohol, it blocks you from getting into deep and REM sleep. So what you're doing, just back to the alcohol thing, when you go into surgery, right, what we what surgeons do is, or anesthesiologists is they will dose you up with propofol and propofol is a sedative so it sedates you. That's what low level, that's what alcohol, alcohol is a sedative. So people thinking I have it to put me to sleep, you, you're sedating yourself. So what you're doing is you're sedating yourself which is why you're getting brain fog in the morning while you're getting a hangover, you're just knocking yourself out. You're not getting yourself into these deep stages of sleep. So 
prioritizing sleep is extremely important for the growth and maturation of your brain and body. So that's sleep. Okay, well, that's the one thing that you can do to have a better forming brain. I'm, I'm, good, at, I'm good at that. Like, I mean, I actually feel – as soon as we stop this podcast, we're going to talk about maybe <laughs> me joining the Neuroathletic thing. <laughs> but, but, um, but one thing I think that is, is really important, like one of the reasons that I do like, – so I do a lot – and if you saw that, if you ask the team or even members, they're like, this guy's, he's like an energizer battery. Like it's, mm. it's a huge amount of energy that, that I have, but I also crash a lot as well. Not crash in um, like during the day or anything like that. But for example, a good weekend for me, particularly over the past two years is go to the farm and just sleep for, for ages. Or when I get home. Go to the farm? Yeah. I go to the farm. Get What's in, the like, farm? Like a, like You've a, got a farm? like a farm, yeah, like You've got a farm, farm, but there's no animals. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> it's just trees and shit. That's amazing. But, but yeah, I've got a beautiful farm. On, on, it's on a mountain. It's got views, so I can sit on the grass. And but basically, I just like I run there. Even last week, I went there from Thursday. Where is the farm? To start in Kangaroo Valley in the Southern Highlands in New South Wales. Oh, I was just sorry. We're going off track. Is that near Barrel? Yeah, yeah I was just there. Oh, you should have okay. come. You should have come visited me. I wish I Next could. time we'll go because we can do. We could even do like a bit of a retreat there. Yeah. Get a really. Uh, we'll get a, get an incredible group of people uh, from Sydney. Uh, some really high performing people. And we'll go up. We'll do a bit of a retreat. I would love that. But um, but anyway, I, I almost do zero socializing because it's it affects me too much. Even just the energy of socializing. Forget the alcohol. Just the socializing. Yeah. Literally, it takes so much energy that the next day I'm so tired that I can't. It's like you, you can't function. So uh, what I find is that a lot of when you have, you have to sacrifice, you almost cut out parts of your life because you need to dedicate so much of your. It's like energy is how I describe it. Like you, you've got X amount of energy, and I need as much as humanly possible for the project that I'm, you know, for the for the for the target or the ambition or whatever you'd want to call it. But then you do have to leave some of it for health, like family, which is, you know, for me is always the most important. I think it's kind of the fundamental basis of it all. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> like friends including yeah. the family. But yeah. but that, that that's it. You've got to almost cut everything else out. And, I mean, how, how I'm uh, picturing what you, what you do is – you're just helping people achieve the best possible balance, like that best possible balance, but specifically for high achievers. Yeah. And, and and look, it's for everybody. But then again, people are like, why do you only work with the 1%? It's because, well, you know, if they a regular it. person is just going to go out and maybe increase their performance by 1%, it's not going to do anything. But for LeBron, that could mean the difference. 1% better in his performance means probably 15 more points in a season, which means maybe 40 or $50 million extra the following year. So it means something to these guys. Not just that, but they need, yeah, they need it. They need it. It, it, yeah. it. You need it. If you're trying to achieve something great, you need as much help as humanly possible. You exactly. need to perform at the absolute highest level. Yeah. And that's why we do all of these tests because you may not know, you may think you're performing well, but then I could take your bloods and I could be like, holy crap, like you've, you've, you need a lot of work. And can you do this stuff from Sydney? So if anyone did, was interested in doing this type of thing, they reach out or it's, you're doing it all I do, in New York? I have to do it in New York because that, that's where we're set up in terms of labs and everything because I just don't know the protocol here. I could tell you, go yeah. go to your GP and ask for X, Y, and Z. And the GP here, because I do it when I come home for fun and I argue with every GP because they're like, "What?" you know what they say to me? What is that? 
How doesn't an Australian, I know how, why, but how can you tell me that the you are there to protect and prevent disease states if you don't even know what labs to order? Literally, one of the best things that you can test, and I hope everyone goes out and badges their GP, go and get an LP little a. I'm banging the desk, guys, because I'm mad. Um, LP little a. And if they say, what is that? Find a new GP. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so sleep, is there anything else we can do? So no alcohol, cool. We all kind of knew that. Blackout curtains. Oh, yes. That's a, that's, that is a secret yeah. that everyone should have. When I got that, that changed my life. Yeah. Blackout curtains. Make sure you're sleeping in a cool room as well. 17 degrees, oh. I got told. Yeah. And I started doing it and it started working perfectly for me. Is that with the aircon? Yeah, aircon, which yeah. kind of sucks because it affects me, but – Getting 17 degrees. So what changed my sleep? Because I, I notoriously don't sleep. Like it just my, my brain turns on at nighttime and I'm, I'm screwed. It's like, okay, I'm going to do something. So um, I got the blackout. Mm -hmm. I started putting 17 degrees. I get in bed super early. I can get in bed at like 8 p.m. sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, and even if I'm just relaxing for – like at least I'm comfortable. Then I'm like, okay, I can hang out for about an hour and a half in here before I fall asleep. Um, and, but those three things – really changed my life. When I started doing that, my sleep, even like um, it, my, my minimum sleep is still pretty good. And I still bang out at 11, 12, 13 hour day mm. uh, at the office. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not working at home. Um, and I started walking to work oh, and back from work. So yeah. I started increasing my, um, my steps or I don't know if that's important for, for a young man, but, but I started increasing my steps. Um, and that's all changed my life. Mm. Yeah. And then um, I would add in there, like some for somebody like you who has a racing mind, maybe you want to supplement with some, something called GABA, gamma amino butyric acid, and you can get that at a health food store. And this is involved with just calming down your nervous system. So and so you would say avoid sleeping pills, Valium, completely. All that. They're all just sedatives. Don't as well. touch that stuff. Yeah, they just knock you out. Yeah. I don't even have those when I travel. And also avoid uh, melatonin. Yeah, I hate melatonin. Um, okay. okay. So that's sleep. Then let's move on to nutrition and I'll be really, really quick. So I know we're coming to the end of this, but there's certain nutrients that you need to have, um, you know, a well-performing brain and body. One of the best things that you can be taking is creatine. Yeah. Because so, it helps you hold water? No. So that's one thing that it does. So creatine is naturally, um, occurring in, you know, in our bodies and in our brains. And we used to only take creatine if you were going to be a bodybuilder or exercising. We used to think it's just good for our body, but we also now know it's good for our brain. It's involved in energy, cell energy production. So it actually provides your cell with energy through this ATP system. So if you have depleted um, creatine stores, then you're not going to have as much energy. So supplementing with five grams of creatine per day is absolutely imperative. I've actually got my dad supplementing and he's 71. It's the most widely studied and safest supplement on the market. Okay. So creatine is essential. Creatine monohydrate. Wow. And, and do you have a brand that you'd recommend people purchase? Yeah. You should it, probably get a creatine sponsor, to be honest. Oh, I do. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Say um, that brand. Well, I, I mean, I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm an advisor and um, I'm on the board of Momentus which okay. is um, one of the best supplement companies. And the reason I say that is because they are triple certified. So uh, just for everybody listening, supplements should be treated as medications. They're just not FDA approved. Therefore, they go unregulated. So sometimes you don't know what you're putting in your body. You could be putting 
nappy sand in a pill for all I know. So if the sup- so quality of supplements matter and this this brand specifically, they're not just certified once, double certified, they're triple certified by governing bodies. So you know that what you're getting is pure. So that plus omega-3 fatty acids are like the be all and end all. What's, what does the omega-3 do? So omega-3 fatty acids come from fatty fish and they're made up of three parts. They're made up of EPA, DHA and ALA. Now the EPA and DHA are absolutely incredible. What they do is they cross the blood-brain barrier. So you've got a barrier over your brain that they're made up of cells and they're kind of bound together like tight junctions and they don't allow certain things to come in, which is good. It protects our brain. But DHA, which is part of the EPA DHA, crosses a blood-brain barrier and it goes through and just has amazing effects on your brain. It's actually been known to ameliorate some of the toxins that build up that are responsible for Alzheimer's disease. And and we can get that from Mementus as well. get omega-3 fatty acids from Mementus. Okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I mean, we do have to wrap up. We do have to wrap up. Laura's doing a finger thing at us. Um, But uh, before we do, I thought maybe, is there like a book, that a a must-read book that you think people need to get on top of to do with their brain or performance or anything like that? I think a really great book um, that I read many years ago is The Body Keeps the Score. I forget the author, but it's it shows you that your brain doesn't know the difference between being hit by a car or going through a divorce. It just knows trauma and it holds on to that trauma and it it teaches you how to, you know, what trauma means. And trauma isn't, oh, I've been abused or I've been – it literally is – it goes into even like I had a car accident when I was a triathlete and it broke my leg, you know, so that thing, it's a set, your, your brain. So every time I get on a bike, my brain's thinking, whoa, I'm going to get hit. So it teaches you about the brain. It teaches you about the body and how to overcome things. Incredible. Your story is just so much fun to listen to. And so it's just incredible. Um, and yeah, I'm so happy for you for everything that you've achieved since since you left us at Cub and went to New York. But it's been so amazing to catch up. And to our incredible listeners, if you want to um, get in contact or find out more uh, about Louisa, you can go to uh, you can go to cub.club forward slash podcast and find out more there. If you want to catch up with Cub on social media, you can go to at Club United Business. It's also awesome. Louisa, thank you so much for coming on. It's so nice to catch up again. I think I'm actually, I was actually going to say, I might even fly to New York. When do you go back? Yeah. Uh, I go back on the first, this 3rd of April. I might even fly, fly June, like go in June if you're going to be there. Yeah. I'd love to do this full, full yeah. scan. <laughs> I reckon you're going to get a bunch of members listening to this and be flying in New York after this. I would this. love that. Thank you so much, uh, Daniel, for having me. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show.